Welcome once again to Cinemaholics. He is a pop culture writer for Cinema Blend. He also reviews films for the playlist Cut Print Film and, of course, Cinemaholics.com. Hello, Will Ashen. Hey, John. How you doing? It's okay for me. I, I, it's been it's been a crazy week. It's been a lot going on. Tonight, I'm going to see Hamilton. And uh, oh, yeah? I, yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I feel bad because I feel like we're going to have to to rush a little bit this episode to, to make it work. But uh, yes, I am John Agroni. I am the author of the novel Killer Joy, a book about Pixar called The Pixar Theory, and I write about film for Adam Tickets, Young Folks, and Cinemaholics. I am John Agroni. You can find more episodes of Cinemaholics on adamtickets.com. Our full archive of episodes is on cinemaholics.com with all of our bonus episodes and extra content and written views and everything you could possibly want for that. You can write into the show anytime by sending us an email. Our email address is cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com, or you can just comment on any episodes you can find online. And if you want to become a patron of Cinemaholics, our Patreon is in the show notes. Uh, the link is patreon.com slash cinemaholics. So this week we're talking about Detective Pikachu. And there, there are some other films where we saw, but I, I guess, you know, Detective Pikachu, it's the big film of the week. It's the first blockbuster of the summer, unless you count Endgame. But this this actually feels more of like summertime. Would, would you say so, Glashen? Yeah, it definitely feels like a summer release. I definitely got that sense going uh, to theater, like knowing that Avengers is still like doing, you know, yeah. it's Avengers numbers. And then now we have Detective Pikachu. It's like, oh, yeah, this is like what the summer is all about. This is what it's about, indeed. But we have a couple of off-topics to get to before we dive into that review. First off, we have a special bonus episode that was supposed to come out a few days ago. We ran into some editing snafus. Oh, man, how fitting. I know. Yes, it's With called Under... Release being delayed. <laughs> I, I knew you were waiting for that, too, because it's Under the Silver Lake. Uh, is a bo- That's that bonus episode of a conversation about that film with Andrew Garfield and uh, David Robert Mitchell, correct? I, I think so, yeah. I never... We talked about this on the show, if it ever comes out. I, I can never get his name right. <laughs> if it ever comes out. Yes, I do the same thing. And it's, it's, it's three first names, so... Yes. Yeah. Uh, wonderful director, and uh, you guys recorded that. I've seen half of Under the Silver Lake, oh, so okay. I, will, I will withhold all comments, and of course, you'll have to listen to that bonus episode, but that's going to be coming out later this week, we promise. Uh, we're pulling an A24, we understand, but yes, it's coming. All right, and um, then, hoping that comes out, yeah. <laughs> yes, and yeah, and including some films that we saw that we talked about last week, but we'll, unfortunately, you weren't able to be on the show last week, but you did manage to see Ugly Dolls, Long Shot, and the new f- Netflix film, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. I'm curious about, because we, we talked about all of these films but Ugly Dolls. Sam Nolan wrote a review about Ugly Dolls. I feel like we don't really have much, you probably don't have much to say on that, but you wrote the review on Long Shot. What did you think of... Uh, Abby and I's conversation last week. Did you disagree with a lot of what we were saying about Longshot, or were you out with that one? I didn't disagree. No, you, you both were a little stronger than I was. Uh, Abby was certainly stronger than I was. And I think you were a little bit as well. I mean, I definitely liked the film. I probably would have given it a B minus overall, but I was pretty close to B territory. I just felt it followed a little too close to tropes by the end to really win me over. But I'm a big fan of Jonathan Levine's work with Seth Rogen, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it as, you know, a nice, pleasant, familiar rom-com with some nice political elements to give it a little bit of spice. So overall, it was a good, fun film. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a chance to see Tolkien as well, which is the J.R.R. Tolkien biopic. But Sam Nolan did see that he's working. We have a little something in the works for that on Cinemahawks.com. So Mm. for all of the films that we're not getting to, you should be able to find their respective Cinemaholics content uh, elsewhere. But we'll just be focusing for now on Detective Pikachu, which I think is is plenty to discuss, I would say. Um, but of course, yeah. we do want to get into your feedback from last week. 
Uh, as we mentioned, we talked about Longshot, Booksmart, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, Tuca and Birdie, Knock Down the House. If you're interested in any of those reviews, definitely check that out. We had special guest Abby Olchesi on. Uh, wonderful guest. Uh, always love having her be part of the show. But as far as comments go, uh, we had some feedback. I think it was all exclusively about Longshot, which that was the big review. But uh, we had one comment from, uh, well, we, ha- we had a comment from someone named Corey. Corey is rightfully pointing out that my puns are beginning to overtake me as a person, I think is how he described it. But Will, would you say that I, I still have a long way to go before the, <laughs> the puns really become what I, I, they reach their full evolutionary status, perhaps? Yeah, I wouldn't tell yourself short. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I have a long, I have a lot of uh, work to do. We, we, we had some fun pun wise uh, on you the show this past way. week. Thank you. Yeah, I can't beat your puns. Well, actually, and listeners don't even know. Uh, your wordplay and and, and the uh, level sure, it's thanks. at. Uh, uh, Tiffany, <laughs> I was always trying to flatter you when it comes to wordplay. But Tiff anything, uh, another wordplay username, had a comment and said, "Longshot was a delight for me and my boyfriend. We saw it in a relatively empty theater. I did too, actually, Lashin. But it still got plenty of laughs. We had a fun conversation after about the weird politics in it. My boyfriend actually mentioned the Parks and Rec connections, which I do think is spot in spot on." All in all, I'd give this one a B plus. Yeah, I was more of like a, if you recall, I was like a very low B on it, uh, kind of for some of the reasons that you brought up, Will Ashen. But yeah, uh, I didn't really see a lot of showtimes for this this weekend. And I feel bad because it's one of those original kind of movies and nobody's seeing and supporting a movie that's a little different. And uh, that bums me out a little bit. I know you think it's pretty formulaic and I would agree with that to an extent, but I guess, I guess it just bothers me that like it's only the franchises that people get excited and want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really feel like a theater movie exactly, especially with Avengers and Detective Pikachu right now. It definitely doesn't um, feel like that big of an event compared to those two. It's just kind of the small uh, little nice rom-com that's coming out on the side, you know, as Mm -hmm. counter-marketing. But it is worth a watch if you have a chance to see it. I mean, but if you get a chance to rent it, it's worth a watch that way as well. Well, I guess I had a similar reaction to Booksmart because Booksmart is a film that I wonder if it'll have that sort of cross appeal. People will show up to see it. I mean, when I, I, I it hasn't come out yet. We don't know how it's really going to do. It's R-rated. It's a comedy. And it, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that Booksmart sort of breaks that and becomes like a big cross-cultural hit and like people go out to see it in droves. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's not well, going to do big, big numbers, but I would hope it would. I mean, the budget for that's like five million or under, right? I have to imagine it's not over ten for Booksmart. right. If it if it wants to be like a comparable success to other independently released wide releases, it, it would make probably Ladybird money, which was seventy ish million total, mm-hmm. and th- which is unbelievable, unbelievably good for a movie that yeah. size. But and now the question that. for this film, given the uh, given the buzz and the accolades that's earned already, that wouldn't be out of the question. Though I do wonder, like you said, coming out. In the early rise of summer, it might might get lost in the cracks there. It yeah. might fall through cracks, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to say right now. And, you know, I think it's coming out the same weekend as Aladdin, which I really don't know how it's going to do at all. So it's right. a big question mark. Yes, going to be seeing Aladdin pretty soon. Really excited to to take a look and see how Guy Ritchie did with that one. And a lot of, lot of big films coming out in the next few weeks. We've got, of course, Godzilla, King of Monsters. We have... Rocket Man, and it's just, it's going to be crowded. So I, I hope the really, really good films like Booksmart, which I absolutely adore, not to say that those other films aren't any good, of course, but I hope that really good films don't get overlooked, but we have no control over that whatsoever. 
Uh, we also, from Louise, had a comment. I buy Seth Rogen and Charlie's Throne as a couple only because of this movie. Great casting, but my big complaint is that it's too long of a movie for me to keep caring. Uh, would you agree with that? Did you think Longshot was too long? It was about two hours, right? Uh, yeah, a little, maybe a little over. Yeah, I should note that I've seen this movie. It's It's been about a month since I've seen it, so it's not right, as right. fresh in my mind. But uh, yeah, I remember it being a little long in the tooth. I think I would have cut maybe 10 or 15 minutes out of it. But hmm. as far as pacing is concerned, I never really felt bored by it. Definitely it was a couple of moments where, uh, I guess around like middle to end, where I kind of was getting a little antsy. But I was I about to say, that's where it kind of, yes, dropped off for me a little bit. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I, it kept my interest more than it didn't. And so I was pretty pleased throughout. All right. Well, last we have Ricardi B. I, I guess that's supposed to be Cardi B, but I don't really know. Th- some of these usernames go way over my head. But um, anyway, Ricardi B said, probably the biggest surprise of the year for me so far. A few of the jokes really got to me, but I didn't like how the side characters were never all that developed. I'd give it a hearty B. It's a romantic comedy, so you have to give it a hearty B, right? I see. Uh, I think I think that basically covers it. Uh, I know in your review, you kind of mentioned some of that as well, and uh, I could agree. But I think that's a good spot for us to end it and talk about Detective Pikachu, which is the new film, of course, this week. Will Ash and I have been waiting to ask you this all week because, you know, we, we've we used Skype to communicate and do mm-hmm. the show for so long. And sometimes I get glimpses well, of... Don't what? break the illusion, John. I'm We're in the sorry, same room I'm together. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. How could I? But on those rare occasions when uh, you're skyping in from the internet of Pennsylvania, yeah. and I get a little, I get a brief glimpse of your room. I, I can never help but notice that there, are, there are Pokemon decorations. Uh, I forget exactly what they are. I don't see them right now. But oh yeah, my poster. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You have a poster. So I've always wondered though, because are are you? Are you a Pokemon fan? Are you a Pokemon trainer, Will Ashen? Or am I just delusional? Uh, well, my last name is Ash. so Or Ashton, <laughs> I should say. Ash so, Ketchumton. Uh, yeah. So maybe... I don't actually know. I mean, my, I mean, I feel like, like most people my age or in my generation, uh, if Pokemon kind of hit that right age. For me, it was probably... I think I remember it being like kindergarten to grade school was when it really got popular, like that late 90s, early 2000s era. So, um, yeah, I think it was just, I was at the right age. It was like that first, like, cultural phenomenon, like, pop culture phenomenon that I remember, like, being a part of it. And so, for that, I'm a little nostalgic for it. I definitely remember um, Pokemon, the first movie. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Muse, 1999. Muse Strikes Again, or Muse Strikes Back or something, yeah. Well, that I was a later that was, film. The, yeah, the- I think the first one was, yes, it was like Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Maybe maybe you're right. Actually, maybe I'll look that up. <laughs> yeah, it was a very uh, unyieldy title, I remember. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I remember that movie was uh, one of the first ones I remember seeing in theaters. I don't know if it was one of my first movies in theaters, but I definitely remember that was like one of the first times I remember like actively getting ready to see a movie in theaters like that and like Phantom Menace, like movies I was like told about, you know, like a lot of people in my grade were excited about it. So that's, I guess, my relationship with Pokemon. It's mostly Gen 1, because I never really followed it past, like, the third Pokemon movie, Pokemon, mm-hmm. whatever that was, 3000. Uh, uh, well, Pokemon uh, 2000 was the follow-up, and then I think they, yeah, they did right. do a third one. There was Pokemon Forever. There were, there were a whole bunch. Yeah, I, don't, I think I saw the fourth one, actually, but I don't remember it at all. But, um, yeah, I, I just remember somewhere around the third movie was when I, I fell out of Pokemon, like... Uh, 
not only the movies themselves, but just like the show and the fad of it. But uh, I definitely have a strong connection with it. I mean, I've played like Pokemon Snap and one of the stadium games. Uh, I mean, even though my video game experience is pretty limited, I definitely remember playing those games a lot. Ah, yeah, so, it's very rare yeah. we hear about the Will Ashton video games. Also, it's Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes mm-hmm. Back. So we were correct. And as I was looking this up, I couldn't help but notice they're creating a full CGI remake of the film and it's Wait, it's really? called Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution and it's going to come out on July 12th of this year so that's coming out we'll ha- we'll obviously have to devote an entire episode of Cinemaholics to it is this for real or is you pulling my leg this is for real I wouldn't pull your leg and you sound very excited so this is great all right yeah yeah I'm very very curious about this yeah um yeah I, I did not know that I didn't either, and I'm surprised I didn't hear about this because Mewtwo Strikes Back. I mean, it's such a that that was such a big deal when we were obviously kids. Yeah. I'm a little bit older than you, but yes, it, it Pokemon the fad hit me when I was in fourth grade, and so it was my life. Right, <laughs> same deal as you. I played the stadium games. I played the Game Boy Color games. I played. I had the trading cards. I I did all the Pokemon stuff. So it, it it's good because I, I was oh, yeah. hoping I was hoping I could have a conversation with someone who. I, I could at least have a conversation about how, how how to watch this movie as people who do really like this franchise. I think a lot of critics who are watching Pokemon Detective Pikachu, that's the technical title, don't really live in this world. A lot of critics are a little bit past our generation, or I, I've heard some people who it did hit their childhood, but for whatever reason, they didn't connect with it, right? And so they, they yeah. went into the Pokemon like we were. So right. it, this is this is going to be an interesting review, I think. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because um, before we were, we were recording, um, I was listening to the Ringers podcast, and uh, I forget the guy's name. My brother sent me the podcast, but whoever runs the Ringer, the guy, he, he had an HBO show. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about, the sports dude? I do. Uh, I forget his name as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I just know that he like brought on like some writer like our age, just like a millennial writer, just because he's like, I don't get this. Like, Can you explain Pokemon to me? Because he's just like, <laughs> I don't. it's like this whole like generational gap like you're referring yeah. to. Like, uh, I remember there's like the whole South Park episode where they kind of talk about that as well. It's just something weird thing that like for people our age, it was like kind of everything at that time. And then like everyone older than that was just like, I don't I don't get what this is. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's just out of my depth. It's like one of those like kind of like moments when you realize you're getting older, I guess, for a generation yeah. before us. So I guess then maybe Pokemon some... Go happened, we should mention, which yeah. sort of like reignited um, the american pokemon phenomenon really mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah. I, I would would you say because i feel like people older than us much older than us were into that as well probably not to the same extent but i guess thinking back on it when when i would like look out i'd see people of all ages were playing that smartphone game and you didn't really have to understand pokemon in like a lore way really to get that that game, like I feel like to some people, it was just Candy Crush. It was just like a an addictive collectible thing. But what we're talking about is Pokemon, like the stories of it, the 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 kids TV show, the movies, like we were talking about. the The games, of course, have like a narrative to them. Except you know the stadium games don't. But uh, would you say you have that connection to the stories as well? I, I know you saw the movies and everything, but would what what side of like the Pokemon coin do you think you fall on? Yeah, I mean, I remember watching the show. Like I said, I mean, I definitely. I was pretty invested, I think, to a point. I just don't really remember exactly when that point was. I just remember there was like a time, like it, it was at least like three or four years, where I was like fully invested in the lore and the mythology of Pokemon, the stories and the characters. Yeah. And then I don't know, like I mean, definitely because like the Saturday morning cartoon that was like when I was watching those type of shows. So 
I don't know exactly when I traped or uh, tapped off from the Pokemon stuff, but I just remember like it at a certain point I just kind of fell out of it. Maybe one like other people my age weren't really as into it anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's something very weird about Pokemon, and I noticed it with this movie where it's like as soon as it gets back into the cultural imagination, like everyone kind of just loses their mind for it. There's just something about it, it's just like yeah. it just like it just like flicks a switch in your brain. It's like, oh yeah, like I there's Bulbasaur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just very weird. Like, like, yeah, you grow out of it, and then, like, yeah, like Pokemon Go happens, and it's like Pokemon, and then like Detective Pikachu comes out, and you're like, I don't know about this thing. You see the trailer, it's like Pokemon. So yeah, it's very, right. very weird in that regard. Absolutely, I I would mention that I was into Pokemon the TV show long, long, long after it was age appropriate. I would say because okay. I remember, yeah, because I I remember watching the kids show when I was in elementary at school, and it went all the way through. So you had like the first run of it, which is like the really good version of the show where it's like ash's first journey it's like the the original video game and he goes to all the gyms and then the first movie ends where ash he he does like the the big thing with mewtwo is like that kind of caps the show right it's kind of it's it would have been a really great series finale in fact but they kept it going because it was so popular and right yeah Right, yeah, they did the Orange Islands thing, which was not part of the video games. It was just for the anime. And then the second movie took place during that time. By the way, there was a kind of a Twitter thing going on. It was like, what's something you could talk about for 30 minutes without prep? This is my thing. Um, I can talk about this TV show, this anime, because I I have so many strong opinions on it. And I don't want to belabor it because we're, of course, limited on time. But I, I watched all of this stuff. I watched I watched all of it. And like even though I think getting up into middle school, I was watching this this ridiculous Pokemon show where they go to the Johto region, right? The first region was the Kanto region, it was the Indigo League. The second version of it was it was just a repeat. Like Ash did the same thing again. He even had a lot of the same Pokemon and he's going on another adventure. There's a bunch of new Pokemon. I think that's where a lot of people probably fall off on the show because that's the part where you realize, oh, they're just recycling this to do it again. I stayed on. I kept watching Will Ash and I can't tell you why. I was so invested because I wanted to see Ash become a Pokemon master. It's the same reason I still watch One Piece. It's because when an anime starts off with, oh yeah, Naruto wants to be the Hokage and you know Luffy wants to be king of the pirates, I'm going to keep watching until it happens. And my, one of my greatest disappointments in all of media is the character of Ash Ketchum. And this is why they could never make a movie out of him because his story is terrible and awful and it should have ended in the Kanto region. It doesn't. And that's such a shame because it's so annoying to me because I I dropped off in like the Hoenn region, which was like Ruby Sapphire, those video games. And they just got to a point where Ash, you realize he's always going to be like 10 years old He's always going to lose against trainers and like the rules never make sense. He's never going to actually achieve his goals. There's no progression to this story. And that's when I realized Pokemon was not about progression. It wasn't really about character or story. It was all about this impulse and this collecting, this collection impulse that drives all the merchandising. And I guess in a way, well, actually, all I'm trying to say is that Pokemon is what made me cynical. And that is, those are my expectations walking into Detective Pikachu. I, I'm sorry if, if all of that sounds like rambling nonsense. <laughs> That's all right. I, it definitely uh, went on longer than I anticipated, but I enjoyed uh, <laughs> the experience of kind of uh, hearing your mind unravel talking about Pokemon. <laughs> I, I, it does actually strike a nerve, I guess. But uh, yeah. Will Ashton, can you describe to the listeners, what what is Detective Pikachu? What is this movie? 
And how how is it different from what I guess a lot of people would know as Pokemon? Because it's certainly not based on it's a video game movie, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not really based on the TV show or any any of the really popular stuff. I guess you could argue. Yeah, I mean, it's based on a side game that came out. I believe uh, was it early 2010 era, like 2011 or so. Is that when it came out? I don't I don't know exactly. When I don't this remember game when it came out because it wasn't even on my radar at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, by the time Detective Pikachu happened, I I was a lost cause. Yeah, I remember the game itself was a little more well-known internationally than it was uh, locally or nationally. In Japan, so, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I, I remember the trailer exactly for the game because it was throwing people off to hear Pikachu talk for, you know, understandable reasons. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking English, I mean. So uh, that was like the one aspect of the game that I remember was talked about a lot, or at least the promos for it. And uh, I remember hearing uh, not long after the game came out, because I guess it was a big hit in Japan, that they were going to talk. There, there were talks about it being a movie, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, like I don't really know this game. I don't know if you can really make a movie out of uh, Pikachu being a detective. Uh, why not just make like a normal Pokemon movie, like with all the characters battling and all that? But um, when that first trailer hit, yeah, it was just like it, it kind of hit a cultural nerve, like you were saying. It just kind of hit. Uh, a lot of nostalgic people right in the gut. And it was funny because it was like that same day that the trailer for Toy Story 4 came out or the first yeah. trailer for Toy Story 4. And like Disney was like, hey, remember Toy Story? Like kind of like putting all their ships in on the nostalgia thing. And then like an hour or two later, Detective Pikachu comes out and Twitter is all like P- Pokemon, Pikachu, like all this stuff. And it's like I- you could see Disney like just kind of like uh, angrily just in the corner, not really getting the response they wanted from mm-hmm. their first uh, Toy Story trailer. But yeah, I don't know. It just, it, I think it comes, this movie, it, it's coming out probably the right time to hit that nostalgia bank because uh, for Pokemon to be, I think, as popular as it is now, as well, maybe not as popular, but like still pretty popular compared to what it was in like the late 90s, like I was saying, you know, it, it definitely, there's something about it. Like there's some, there's definitely a cultural uh, impact that it has that's more than superficial. And um, I think it comes at a time where, like, you know, a lot of people our age are millennials. Like, they're not only getting older, but they have children of their own. And they can kind of see this as, like, a full family experience. Like, you know, the parents being nostalgic for these characters while the kids are kind of growing up like we, they were or we were uh, with these characters. So it, right. it, it's, it's kind of like weird, sweet, like, uh, circle of life kind of thing going on here. And I think that's why I was pretty excited about it because it was, it was giving us – something we were familiar with, but at the same time, something we'd never really seen before that we kind of were always looking for is like, what would it be like to interact with Pokemon? And I think that's part of the appeal of Pokemon Go. It's like, you know, you grow up with these characters, you love them, you have the trading cards, but there, you know, there's a distance, obviously, you know, like you, you're just kind of playing with plastic or watching TV, you know, but to see like humans interacting with Pokemon, it, it just, it hits that nostalgia, but it's also seeing something new. And I think that's the main appeal with Detective Pikachu as a film. Hmm. is you get that moment finally after 20-something years. I like that you mentioned Circle of Life, of course. Uh, a generation-spanning, basically a CG live-action film that is coming out in summer 2019 based on nostalgic properties, and it's about taking your kids to go see something you loved as a kid in the 90s. What what could that possibly remind you of, Alashin, except for the, oh yes, The Lion King and Aladdin. So, uh, hmm. very, very nice. I don't know if you meant to do that, but well done. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, okay, so story-wise, I actually looked this up because I didn't play the game, same as you, but the movie actually does follow the game much more closely than I personally expected. Uh, There are 
like these are like the same characters. Obviously, the story is very, very different. And a lot of what they do with the idea of like the talking Pikachu and that context for like why he's only able to be understood by this person, all of that has been updated for the movie. But mm-hmm. the story here actually makes a lot of sense for a Pokemon movie to what you're saying. Maybe not at first glance. It is it is the sort of thing when like when they announced Detective Pikachu and Pikachu's voiced by Ryan Reynolds a few years ago, I think we all collectively were like Okay, we'll believe it when we see it. Well, now we've seen mm-hmm. it. And they, they actually have found a way to adapt a Pokemon movie and a video game movie at that in a way that does play on the strengths of this sort of media franchise. Uh, the story itself is about a guy named Tim Goodman. He was he tried to be a Pokemon trainer. I don't think he ever really was one at any point, but he's never been able to capture a Pokemon. He just doesn't have that connection. And he gets a call to go to this place called Rhyme City, which is this new concept in the Pokemon world where the Pokemon trainers, the battles and all of that, that's gone. That's not a thing anymore in the city. Instead, the Pokemon and the people live happily side by side. It's sort of a combination of who framed Roger Rabbit and Zootopia. And that's kind of the world building that they're going for. It's kind of like a perfect marriage of those two films in terms of the setting, right? Of course, you have like the neo-noir Blade Runner trappings like combined Mm -hmm. with it, sure. But regardless, Tim goes to Rhyme City because he has just found out that his father has been murdered. Or I think he's told initially like passed away. But then he finds out he was part of this case where something went wrong. And eventually he comes into contact with his father's Pikachu, who this Pikachu was his partner. The catch, of course, is that Pikachu has lost his memories. And not only that, so he doesn't know what happened, but not only that, he can talk to Tim Goodman and they're able to partner up and uh, communicate and they help each other out because Tim can communicate with humans and the Pikachu can communicate with the other Pokemon. And together they're an amazing crime fighting duo. They unravel conspiracies, make new friends and basically go on a kind of standard video game movie adventure. But well, Ashton, I mean, what did, what did you think of the movie itself? Did you like this concept in the way that they decided to move forward with a live action Pokemon movie? Yeah, I mean, as far as the concept is concerned, uh, like I was suggesting earlier, it wasn't really until I saw that trailer that it really kind of clicked for me, and I realized how much potential this concept had, because, um, like you said, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a pretty amazing movie in that regard. It's one of my favorite films. I think it's basically perfect uh, as far as er, marrying kind of heavy noir angle with, like, these characters that we love, Mm -hmm. and it's a movie that it's like a one in a million success. Like it's like a film that shouldn't work in many different respects, technically and narratively. And it just does. It's like an amazing film. And I didn't have those expectations for this film, like that high of a bar, but to know it could even be like slightly that level of good was really, really uh, like it, it just inspired like this, like uh, not only a wave of nostalgia, but just like this excitement of like what this potential could be. And uh, as a film itself um, going into it, I think, if we're just looking at the story and just the general kind of basics of the film, it's fine. It's whatever. You know, it's it's it, it kind of just serves its purpose more than anything. It doesn't really excel in any particular regard as far as the story is concerned. Actually, some of it kind of falls flat, uh, which we'll probably discuss later. But I think just as a world building exercise, just as a chance to interact in this world and kind of get uh, a little more fleshed out Pokemon movie in a way that... You have these amazing special effects and, you know, this like very stylized filmmaking style with characters that we're very familiar with. Uh, It just 
I had fun in that regard. I was entertained as a nostalgic piece of world building, but I, I, I have two hats on. I'm like Detective Pikachu. I, I recognize that as a film, it's kind of, it, it doesn't really do everything that it could do and definitely doesn't reach its potential. But at the same time, you know, I was kind of taken by it. So I'm curious to hear where you stand on it. I, I think you liked it a bit more than I did. I, I really did not like this one. I, I was very disappointed by Detective Pikachu. I didn't go in with the highest expectations. I had kind of heard through the grapevine that you know there were some negative reviews, there were some mixed ones, and there's some really positive ones. So I had a feeling I would fall somewhere maybe along the middle or who knows, right? But I was oppressively bored throughout this film. And I, I've been puzzling over why that might be the case. Because, as we've discussed, th- this is a movie that I think I should be just as excited about in, in terms of what you're saying. I think we agree 100% about the storytelling here, uh, the, the ideas going on. There aren't really many to be to be heard of. I mean, there isn't much going on here in terms of character, despite some performances and some some energy that the, the lead actors bring. Catherine Newton plays a side character here as a reporter. Uh, she and her side duck, they should be my favorite things in this movie. I think that it's it's, it's a great idea on paper. I, I think that mm-hmm. Justice Smith, who plays Tim Goodman, is just a really good lead actor. He's got the chops. He's got the charisma. He's able to really sell that he's being flustered by a Pikachu. And he gets moments in the writing where he has to come up with like clever ways to hide that he's talking to this Pokemon. And Ryan Reynolds is doing his best version of a PG Deadpool, which, you know, that's what you would kind of expect, right? You want something kind of funny, you want something the kids will like, but it's, of course, also harmless so that you can make the film itself PG. But watching this movie, I just could not connect with any of the ideas here. They, they try to introduce some some heartful narratives, and they really try to, to create sort of the buddiness of this buddy comedy but I, I I just could not find myself caring about what was happening in the story, about the mystery, the case itself. It all just really fell flat for me. I think flat was the word you used. And I think that's 100% where I was at with this. By the time it, it ended, I couldn't wait to leave. And I'm very disappointed because it, it, it's Pokemon. Like, Pokemon should be awe-inspiring and it should invoke wonder. And I, I hope it does for younger viewers. I, just for some reason, I, I couldn't get into it. I, I couldn't find myself taken, uh, I guess, in a similar way that you weren't as well. But I couldn't even get all that excited by the world building here. I thought that it, the, the location of Rhyme City was just very contrived. It, it, it sort of was just whatever the plot demanded locations to be. And I, I guess there were a few parts where it did sort of fit that like team rocket laboratory vibe that I kind of like that is a little unique and fun, but it, it would always cut to just the characters interacting again. And, and that's where the film just continued to lose me. I do think there's a clever sort of reversal of expectations that happens toward the end. We'll give away what that is that I, I thought did have some, some smarts to it, I guess. But yeah, ultimately this, this isn't, this isn't the Pokemon for me. I do not choose this this Pokemon um, movie personally, mm. I, I would I would go with something quite different personally. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't. To be clear, though, um, when I talk about some of it falling flat, I actually wasn't really talking about the narrative per se because I actually think as a noir film, it's actually not that bad. In my view I actually was pretty engaged with the uh, central mystery element of it. Not that it's amazing, you know. You can it's a it's a pretty uh, simple mystery as far you as you can kind of call it pretty early on too. Not just like 
who did what and all of that, but then also the mechanics of certain things. Like, I know I said it had some smarts, but I guess I, I was probably being a little generous. I think you can easily figure out what the big idea is behind everything, like, in the... The central villain, you mean? Not just the central villain, but, like, why things are happening the way they're happening. Like, why... For example, oh, okay. why the Pikachu can talk. I think that's a very easy thing to catch early on in the film, but that oh, might man. just be me. I don't know. Uh, I was kind of kicking myself because I didn't catch that end twist. But, um, no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't think... Nothing here is particularly subversive or anything here is, like, that, like, twisted or deep. But at the same time, I don't know. I wasn't really, like... I was never bored by it the way you were. I, I found myself pretty actively engaged throughout the film. And I think it's less like, I mean, like I think the characters are fine. Like I, I don't think any of the performances are particularly bad or great, but um, I think everyone kind of serves their purpose. I think the, the story itself, it, it moves enough that I was pretty engaged with it. But I think for the most part, what kept me energized, was not only, you know, anytime the Pokemon were on screen, which I was, you know, pretty much enjoying it at, at that point. But uh, I would say the set pieces are pretty neat. I, I enjoyed like most of the um, ways that they kind of incorporated, you know, different aspects of the game and the shows. You know, like they have like a fighting arena mm-hmm. one scene. They have a scene with like interrogating Mr. Mime. That was pretty fun. Um, and there's also another scene that you kind of see a little bit in the trailer involving uh, like some kind of bending reality that I thought was really cool and inventive as far as its visual presentation was concerned. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, th- the stuff for me that didn't quite work was the humor. I mean, there are a couple jokes here that work, but I, I, a lot of it kind of felt uh, a little clunky in that regard. Like it, it, it there's kind of a, a hokiness to a lot of the comedy that uh, disappointed me considering, you know, Ryan Reynolds was involved. I'm sure he improvised a lot of stuff. In yes. The, uh, the booth. Um, but at the same time, I know like his style of comedy is typically kind of more PG 13 R and there are a couple jokes here kind of toe the line, but, uh, I, I did find myself kind of uh, taken aback by thinking about how this is probably going to be, a, for younger audiences, their first introduction to Ryan Reynolds. Because I can't really think of any other movies where he uh, is working you know, for the kid audience. So yeah. I do admire him for stretching his, uh, his talents in different respects. But You don't think a lot of kids are watching Van Wilder, right, in elementary school? I mean, I certainly was. Uh, I hope not, especially... <laughs> Uh, when they have definitely better comedy alternatives. Yes, yeah, to be clear, I think, I, I think I was in middle school when that came out, but still. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, the only other, besides the comedy, the emotional beats didn't quite work for me either. I mean, the ending's kind of sweet, but, other, I mean, it wasn't... I, I don't think I was overly invested in the play of these characters as I should have been. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't think that element quite worked as well as I was hoping to, especially with the uh, father-son element at the beginning as well. Um, that, that that never quite tugged in my heartstrings, I think, the way that it would have made the movie a little more rewarding. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can see where you're coming from in a lot of respects, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I can't say I fully agree with everything you're you're saying so far. I mean, you know, I, I've heard some criticisms of the same nature. You know, people are complaining that they found it kind of dull and not quite as engaging as they wanted to. And I will say, I mean... I, I, I was a little disappointed, I guess, by the color palette of the film. It's a lot of, like, brown and black and, like, uh, it, I, I think there are certain points of the film that could have been a little more colorful. But at the same time, I do admire the attention to style here. Definitely playing up to the noir elements, you know, to uh, the, their fullest capabilities here. So I'm kind of give or take on a lot of things in the film, but I definitely enjoyed it, I guess. Yeah, I think what kept me from really thinking this should get, like, a very negative grade, right, was... A lot of it was the color, 
of this. I, I think that it does have a good color palette. Uh, so I would disagree with you slightly there. I know some of the locations are a little dull, and I would agree with that. But when it comes yeah, maybe to that's the, what I meant. When it comes to the Pokemon themselves, I mean, I I think they nailed it. I, I think they nailed like especially coming out of like the Sonic trailer, which showed like right before this, when you see yeah. just the crazy difference between there's so much more life in the Pokemon and, and they put so much effort to make this Pikachu really feel like a blend of animation and CG so that I, I bought it. I, I, I bought into the illusion that these Pokemon existed in this world, especially because the world itself is so colorful and dazzling. And I, mm-hmm. I think that th- those are the things that certainly worked for me. I also, I, I look at this movie and I know I've heard some people say like, well, you know, I watch this and I give it a pass because it's not for me. Well, this movie is supposed to be sort of for me, but in the sense of like, I should be taking like my nieces and nephews to go see it. If I had kids, I should be taking them to see it because I love Pokemon. And on that note, I'm more excited about what this film is sort of paving the way for. I hope it's pretty successful because I I want a better Pokemon movie or I want one that actually fits the bill of what these stories can be in, in scope. Right, I, I think that it's it's a harmless film. It's it's just a little fun little thing. It's not very long. It's only an hour and forty five minutes, and I think that kids are going to really dig it. But when, when I think of the Pokemon stories that are like game changers for me, and I know we've talked about Pokemon the first movie, but I think of some of the Pokemon Adventure comics. Uh, t- they're technically manga that came out in the late nineties, and those are truly terrific stories. They're much edgier. They've got like a darkness to them. And they also treat the Pokemon as a much more like violent and chaotic force. It actually reckons with the idea of having a Pokemon against and like capturing it and and all of that stuff. Whereas this movie sort of glosses over it. It was like, well, the Pokemon has to choose you too. That's kind of how they get around some of those weird implications. But in terms of like future Pokemon movies we could get, I really hope we get one that maybe fits like a more mature edge. I, I get that that's not the way to make money. So I'm wishing for something that's not going to happen, obviously. But th- that um, is sort of on my wish list, I guess. No, I get what you're saying. I think that's part of their design here is that I, I think it's a, it was inevitable we we're going to get a live action Pokemon movie at some point. Like, I, I don't think there's got, a technology we got a live action. It. We got a live action Dragon Ball movie before a live action Pokemon movie. So it is a little strange that it took this long. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, like you... You kind of have to take your time with something like this. You know, it's it's not quite the Marvel approach, but definitely you got to take some considerations because, you know, like looking at the right. Dragon Ball movie, like that, look how cheap and ugly that movie is. I mean, you know, they clearly just, they were cashing in on the appeal of that series and it backfired enormously there. This one, I think there's a little more respect for the fan base here. I mean, I, I still think like you're saying, it's kind of like a, it, it's, it's like a baby step approach where um, you're taking a kind of smaller concept from this universe. You're kind of focusing a little bit more directly on one story that could take place in this bigger, expansive world. But, uh, I mean, it's not a cheap movie. It's like 150 million films. So it's not like a, a, an indie, anywhere close to an indie by any respects. But uh, I do think, like, later on, they, they want to make, like, a 300 $350 million, like, big, you know, epic Pokemon movie. I can see Warner Brothers, like, kind of spinning their wheels thinking about something like that. But I don't think you can like just put that out there mm. and guarantee, you know, a success. I think you kind of have to test the waters here. And that's why I see they're they're doing here. I think is they're just like, okay, let's just see how big the appeal is for Pokemon, like a movie like this. And if this as well, I definitely could see them, you know, putting more Pokemon movies out there. I don't mm. know if they'll do like Detective Pikachu 2 or if they'll just go ahead and make a like p- traditional Pokemon movie. Because I do think, um, doesn't Ash make a cameo in this film? Towards the beginning, so it's not really a spoiler. 
Does uh, he really? Or is that... I thought that one trainer at the beginning when they show like a flashback to the stadium and they show like a guy with a red hat throwing a Pokeball. Was that supposed to be Ash? I mean, it could have been. It It, it could have been the sort of like standard red character from the games. Uh, I didn't catch that the hat was like supposed to be the same. Uh, that would be interesting. It just looked like though. the same kind of green design. Like it wasn't the exact. It wasn't like red, white, and right. like the little green thing. But it, it looked well, like I it had like the same kind of lightning bolt kind of thing that he has. Either way, I think the implication is clear and interesting. And one thing we haven't even mentioned is the diversity of this cast, which I very much appreciated. Even though I didn't think like Kent Watanabe, I don't think that he was really bringing it <laughs> personally to this movie. Well, but just the fact uh, that they, kinda, huh? I don't know. I, I, I well, I, I get what you're saying, but I also appreciate how he, him, and Bill Nahi are like completely playing his film straight like they're not like yeah. winking to the camera ever they're like sure yeah this is the world where pokemon exist <laughs> like <laughs> i'll grant you that we are yeah yeah but no i i, I do think there there's a lot of uh it's it just i think it is kind of interesting to see you know character like they, they did give a, a movie of this magnitude and like this sort of cultural importance and they recognize the fact that everybody loves pokemon so this is a great opportunity to put people as your main protagonists who look very different from normal main protagonists in kids' movies. So obviously, of course, Ryan Reynolds is still Ryan Reynolds and all that. But I, I really appreciated that. And that's a big reason why I've been a fan of Justice Smith for a while is because he's, he is that kind of like, he, he why not make him like the lead of, of a movie like this? I think he, he definitely fits into it and does really well with what he's given. I just think that what he's given isn't much, <laughs> unfortunately, but I think the performers really carry it through. Other than that, I, I guess I, I think that in terms of whether or not we'll get more movies like this, we're going to like that's that's just inevitable at this point, and and I certainly have no issue with that, uh, especially because they can use this as you were saying as a way to ease people in. The The Incredible Hulk was one of the first MCU movies, right? It's not like right away we got something as good as like Thor Ragnarok. I think you would agree that's a great movie, right? One of the best Marvel movies, anyway. I definitely, I definitely think Detective Pikachu is a step in the right direction. My only, I think my main problem with it comes down to this. It's that as an introduction to Pokemon stories, I don't think it's very effective, not to be punny, but I, I don't think it is super effective at bringing people into a fan base. I think that it's it's great for the, maybe some existing fans, not really myself, but I, I think it, it does put all that sort of fan service to good use in a way that it can really appeal to people who've, who've loved these Pokemon forever. They just want to see cool looking Pokemon. Right. And for, for those folks, I think they're going to get a lot out of this and maybe their kids will get into it as well. But I guess I just don't see this film really evangelizing its cause to a lot of people very effectively. Maybe it's, maybe it's fine as a good introduction. Like a kid will see it and be like, Pokemon sure are neat. You know, I'm six. Mm-hmm. And then they actually will like play the video yes, game. They usually and... say at six. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And I think, I think though it's going to break them in. They're gonna be like, the Pokemon are cool. And then they'll play the games or they'll, they'll maybe they'll watch the original TV show and fall in love with the show or fall in love with Pokemon that way. Who knows? I, I feel like you and I don't have all the answers or I don't think you and I should worry ourselves over people falling in love with Pokemon, that's that's kind of a given at this point. I don't think you really need a movie like this to do that. So maybe that's where we can maybe that's where we can leave it. It's just sort of, it exists. It's something that's going to appeal to a certain type of fan, I suppose. But do you think that Detective Pikachu is something that non-Pokemon fans can get much out of? Um, I think to an extent, yeah. I mean, one thing that did strike out to me, or one thing that did stick out to me as I was watching this movie was that there are like a lot of like kind of like um, what do you call those uh, callbacks or like uh, deep, not maybe not deep cuts, but like 
they're definitely like older Pokemon characters that like I haven't seen in like ten or fifteen years. It just like just kind of pop out of nowhere. And the movie definitely, uh, if you're completely um, unaware of like the mythology of Pokemon, a lot of this, a lot of the characters are gonna fly by just don't register as anything to you. So it's definitely it's not fan service, but it's definitely a lot of like it's definitely appealing more to the fans than to your general moviegoer, I think. But yeah, I do think uh, I think the the genre element the noir element does help i think it kind of eases people through like this very specific lens into this universe i think it kind of it's a better way of doing it than just like throwing you into like a big expansive pokemon movie like where you're battling you know like like watching these like big like stadium fights i think it's a little easier to kind of go from the ground level here and then kind of work your way up the ladder to pokemon if you're if that's the approach you're going to go for it i think it's a pretty yeah. smart way of doing it but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely more for the people who have grown up with this uh, mythology and these characters than your average film goer. But I do think general moviegoers are probably going to get at least something out of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And I, I hope it's true, I guess I should say. I'm, I'm getting a little bit, I guess, pessimistic. So I'll try to avoid that. But as far as the, the film goes with the deep cuts you were talking about... I did actually appreciate some of them, some of the little fan servicey world building shticks, because they did sort of use them in a way to do world building. For example, you see Growlithe, you know, with the police force, and like that's mm-hmm. obviously a deep cut to the TV show, but it, and the game, yeah. of course. But it also, you know, it rounds the world out too. It doesn't just solely exist to be like, remember this. It also is just like, hey, this is how the world works, and it's a good example of like this is how people and Pokemon, it, it like primes you for the idea of them like them working together there are other moments that would probably strike people as super odd like when one of the first pokemon we see right is a cubone and it just really dropped quickly the like the super tragic backstory of cubone kind of for laughs and i think that because because cubone's like where the skull of like their dead mothers super disturbing stuff and the movie just like drops it as a joke that i don't think will probably register with a lot of people unless they already know that idea and are able to be like yeah. oh i remember that from the show that's funny i mean I otherwise think enough to, like you, you get the idea of cubone i don't think it's, it's like well, it's just it's just such a weird thing though to bring up and drop i guess casually because it's not like we have uh, pokedexes out in the movie that are and like cubone the uh, ground type I mean, pokemon the cubone joke was actually one of the few comedy things that actually did work for me a good bit. So I, I'm not I saying it doesn't thing. work. I'm saying it might work though better for people who know, who understand, who who are familiar with that story already. So the joke actually yeah, works. What I'm that. saying is, what I'm saying sure. is like if a kid or like somebody who's like never seen Pokemon before just heard that out of nowhere, I don't think the joke is very elegant. At like, to, that's all I'm saying. But we we can finish it yeah, out. I get what you're saying. Um, I get it. <clears throat> I, I'm a C plus on this, a, a little higher than I think I was when I f- initially walked out. I gave it a C plus on CinemaHawks.com as well. I, I do think there's appeal here. It just I, I can't personally vouch for it, and I, I think that it's just a little bit slightly better than average. But there's not much going on here. Uh, what, what about you, Belashin? Yeah, I'm ultimately more positive than you. And I mean, to be clear, I'm not like the world's biggest Pokemon fan by any stretch of the imagination. Mm, like I'm definitely a fan of the series. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm definitely a fan, like I said, but I mean, I, I don't know if I, I, I think compared to you, as we've made evident earlier in this episode, um, uh, my understanding of the series has definitely waned over the years. So for me, I mean, it was like a nice refresher in a, many ways. Like, it's just nice to kind of get reacquainted with something that I did have a pretty uh, strong relationship earlier in my life and something like kind of similar to when we when we watched um Mary Poppins last year and I got sure. to rewatch that. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like this is a this is a pretty 
big part of my childhood and it, it kind of took that for granted in certain respects and this film did give me a chance to get reacquainted with pokemon in a way that i'm pretty grateful for but yeah, I mean, its pleasures are fleeting. I do think, you know, I'm kind of bouncing between, you know, being a fan, a critic here, and that I recognize that this is far from the perfect Pokemon movie. It's not what we could have gotten. It's certainly not, like, the ultimate best film. But I, I see it as, like, a Phase 1 Marvel movie, where I, I'm sure if I go back, like, you know, like, if five years from now, if there's, like, two or three more Pokemon movies that are better than this, and I can see what they can do with it. I look back on this, and the flaws will probably be a little more apparent I can understand that. But, you know, in this time in 2019, watching this movie, I had a good time. I was entertained, uh, I guess, more than you were. I mean, I, I I found it amusing, if, you know, slight for what it was. But it was just a fun little popcorn flick that reacquainted me with something I'm pretty nostalgic for. I had a good time. So for that, I'll give it a B-. All right. So we're not that far apart. But I guess I guess that's because I'm trying to be a little bit more positive than I initially was feeling. Because I was really feeling more C, C- on this, to be honest. But mm, that's surprising. I, I yeah, I didn't expect that. Same here. I, w- I was hoping that Detective Pikachu was going to be a big surprise for me this summer. Like, I was yeah. really hoping it was well, going to be the kind of thing that just really got me to fall back in love with Pokemon and drop a lot of my Ash baggage. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's not the case as of yet. Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, the... Uh, we kind of talked about it briefly, but one thing I do really want to stress is just how good the special effects are in this movie. Uh, right, just yeah. like not only um, not only just like the way that the characters are designed, like we we're talking about and like how they're able to bring something from the cartoons into live action, but just the way they kind of are integrated into this world. And that there was only like maybe one or two scenes where I kind of got that like Garfield, the movie vibe where it's like <laughs> they're holding air. Like it's like yeah. they, they feel like pretty weighted. Like they feel like characters who are actually walking and talking and breathing in that universe. And for that, I mean, I hope the, you know, the animators get recognized for that because that's a pretty big accomplishment. And I think that definitely adds to the immersion of the film or that world building that we're talking about. So, yeah, that's just one thing I wanted to bring up real quick. And before I forgot, is I, I think that's pretty impressive as far as this Pokemon movie is concerned. To bounce off of that, I, I my personal observation was that I think, yes, the animators did a pretty good job. But I think what actually pulls the illusion off is more the art direction than the animation and the effects. I think the effects work, but I think the art direction is what makes it convincing. Because if you if you took a lot of these special effects and you put them in a kind of a different movie with like a different art like artistic sensibility, they would probably stick out more like a sore thumb. But because the art directors took such care to make this world feel kind of bubbly and neon mm-hmm. and you know the the production design, even though I didn't personally consider it to have much of an identity in terms of like where what is rhyme city what kind of city is it it doesn't really have any of that but it does have the trappings of a world where these these pokemon and these humans can sort of interact in like common ground it's the sort of thing that i think people lambasted speed racer for but which i always considered that was like one of the strengths of speed racer was the way that they use like color and special effects to make the racing even more thrilling because it was more believable and convincing at least to me and I know that film has gone on to be a, be more, be more of a cult favorite over the years, but th- that's kind of where I stand, and it's it's a big reason why I give this movie a lot of kudos. Ultimately, is because I I think that that's just a really solid direction going forward. Another Pokemon movie that can take those combinations of circumstances in terms of the animation, the effects, and the budget, we we could get something really special. I think, and so I hope we do get that. But that'll yeah. that'll do it. And uh, did you have anything uh, last to say? Uh. No, no, I mean, there's like a couple things I could point out. I, I just wanted to say, I mean, I think a lot of that also harkens to the cinematography, which is um, 
you know, it's like generally good cinematography. It's like an Oscar nominated cinematographer worked on this movie. Uh, and yeah, I think it just, I, I think the look of the film was probably given more precedence than, you know, the story or the narrative, which I kind of expect that going in. Like I said, I mean, I'm, my appreciation for the film can be a little bit surface level as far as what I'm getting out of it. But at the same time, I mean, I see the potential here. I definitely appreciate what effort was put into here. And I do think there's a lot of good stuff in here. So yeah, I mean, my appreciation for it will probably be fleeting, but I do think there's some stuff to recommend in here. Yeah, I think I think we have to point out because you did um, that that world renowned cinematographer is John Matheson. Uh, we should have pointed out pointed him out earlier. He, yeah, uh, for gladiator, those of you who don't know, Gladiator, Phantom of the yeah. Opera. Um, he's worked with James Mangold and Guy Ritchie. He he's truly a truly a wonderful cinematographer. And it's funny because you do sort of I think he's worked with uh, Joel Schumacher on more than just Phantom of the Opera. But I mean, considering the sort of like artistic flair that schumacher has i've always found it kind of funny um that i was thinking of batman and robin i know though not the same cinematographer as batman and robin but there, there were a couple of moments where i feel like gotham city was and rhyme city could exist in the same universe uh hmm. don't don't take that as a criticism necessarily but um uh, well should um we should also note this was shot on 35 millimeter film so i think it, it also adds to the kind of crisp look to it which i think just, is pretty cool just like his last blockbuster logan right so yeah i think that yeah that's, that's right uh, yeah yeah, I think that it makes a huge difference. So, <laughs> and I think it is kind of funny that we have to point that we we can point that out. Um, but all right, I mean, yeah, the, the chances of blockbusters being shown on film is dwindling at this point. I'd say yeah. so. Or this probably want to be. I mean, maybe not one of the last ones, but I mean, it's the dying breed blockbusters yeah. on film. All right, well, that will do it for this week's episode of Cinemaholics. Glad we could talk about Detective Pikachu in more extended conversation. I I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be. Uh, what I imagined considering, because I, I really wasn't sure what your background was with Pokemon. And so it feels like we were able to, to hash some things out. I, th- I think I, I still have some therapy uh, I am due for in terms of uh, some, some Pokemon related things, but regardless, uh, don't forget if you love the show, you want some Hawks continue, please consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple podcasts and Spotify Stitcher. Uh, thank you as always to all of our patrons who support us. If you'd like to become a patron, again, the link is in the show notes. You can send us a, an email, do all that stuff, our social media, Facebook, Twitter, it's all in the show notes. So definitely go check that out. And next week we'll try to catch up a little bit on some of the other films. We didn't have a chance to talk about this week. But for now, from the Internet of California, I am John Gurney. And for the Internet of Pennsylvania, I'm Lush. See you next time.